Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. The KTSA Home Improvement Show with Martin Bamba, presented by Window World. Talk to Martin now, 210-599-5555. Now, Martin Bamba. Well, hey, hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the KTSA Home Improvement Show. 907 on AM 550 KTSA FM 1071. And uh, the phone lines are open. It's 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555. That's the number to get in on the home improvement conversation this morning. Your home improvement questions is what it's all about. want to talk to you this morning about anything that's on your mind home improvement-wise, from the roof to the foundation to everything in between. And we're here to answer those questions for you. My name is Martin Bamba. This is my buddy Jim Smith. And we are. And we are here to help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 210-599-5555. That's the number to get in on the conversation. Well, the the conversation this week and uh, for about the last two weeks has been uh, revolving around the weather and uh, and the extreme heat that, that the entire country has been experiencing. And, and of course, San Antonio is no different uh, than the rest of the country when it comes to that. However, uh, oddly... This last week, San Antonio, on on a few occasions, was actually cooler than it was on the eastern seaboard, which to me is just insane. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's it, the, the weather. The weather patterns have just been getting crazier and crazier and crazier every year. It just. But but remember, global warming means nothing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> the uh, the. Uh, I mean, the severity of the weather, um, you know, really, really hit home this week with a lot of uh, fires that were uh, a result of power grids uh, overheating and, and, and exploding uh, power power stations. Uh, there was actually an, an ex-NFL football player who yesterday died of heat stroke. Uh, there's, uh, I mean, it's serious stuff, folks. So if you're if you're outside, if you're working in the yard today, and I'm going to be working outside some today myself, and, and Jim is as well. If you're outside working, if you're outside golfing, if you're outside playing, if you're out, whatever you're outside doing, hydrate completely. Drink lots of water. Uh, drink lots of Gatorade or electrolyte uh, enhanced uh, beverages. Uh, try to keep your alcohol consumption low, if possible, during the uh, the, the heat of the day outside. Uh, it, it it's just not worth the uh, the damage that you're going to do to yourself if you don't take care of yourself outside it's very very serious you realize that in an eight hour day in eight hours in the sun sweating a 200 a 200 pound man should consume three gallons of water that's about right yeah three gallons folks three gallons that's a lot of water and it sounds like a lot but but you see the the yeti that i carry around with yep. me everywhere yep. uh, i go through during a normal work day i'll go through at least three of these at least three inside during right. a normal work day not outside if, right. if i was outside i would probably go through six or eight of these it, technically, if you're outside, that's a 32-ounce cup. 
you need to go through 12 of those. Not always achieved. Right. But but that is what you're supposed to do. That's right. correct. So we say this, and, and how does this relate to, to, to the Home Improvement Show? Well, it relates because a lot of what we're doing this time of year is outside work. Hot, hot or not, we've got to be doing the things we've got to do outside. As a business, Window World installs windows yep. and siding and gutters and entry doors and you know and all of these things that it's, it's all outside work so of course our crews are going to have to be outside doing this work during this t- this time of year at, at window world we have a, a big ice machine and we you know it's there for our uh for our, our our installers to come in and load up their ice chests their coolers whatever it is that they need uh with big old commercial ice maker that's what it's there for and we we tell them every day how important it is for their guys to be drinking water the entire day that they're there. Take breaks, drink water, take care of yourself, and then take care of the the customer because you, you, nothing's going to happen that's good if something happens bad to you. Right, and and a lot of folks, especially guys that work for us, need to realize that we're talking from experience. You and I both have gone to the point of dehydration. I want, I'm not saying it was very intelligent, but we've both done it. We've gone to that point yeah. where, where, okay, I went too far, and you knew it. As when you start you feeling it. cold and clammy yep. and it's 100 degrees outside, there's a problem. You've been, you went too far. There's and a problem. We've been there. So it's not like we're telling these guys this stuff from just because we read it somewhere. No. No. We've been there, guys. I, I've sadly experienced that. And, and growing up uh, on a ranch and working outside all of my life, I won't say most of my life because all of my life from the time I was a very young child uh, up until now, I've, I've worked outside at, in some capacity or another, certainly less than I used to. But summers used to mean hay hauling in 102 degree weather uh, for for 12 to 14 hours a day. And um, if you didn't drink water and you didn't hydrate, you wouldn't last. It, it, it would be very bad. Yeah, but the big difference back then was is that we'd fill the cooler up from the creek. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. once or twice, yeah. That was the the big difference back then. People today would be so. Can you imagine having a crew of workers out working at the at, at your house and telling them, "Well, there's a hose over there." Yeah. Can you imagine? I've I have I have uh, you know now now they say how bad it is to drink out of a hose and all the VOCs and whatever else it is that uh, that, that that the plastic and the rubber produces. But I have I've probably drank in my life. A hundred gallons out of a hose at some point, maybe more. When we more. were young, Martin, we drank more out of the hose than we drank out of the faucet. Easily. Yeah. E- easily, yeah. Because but, you're always outside and you just go over and get but your... But even all the VOCs and everything I talk about, as long as you turn that hose on and let it run long enough that the water coming out is cool. Yep. So you've pushed all the water through the hose, everything's mm-hmm. coming out is cool, it's cleared. Yeah, you don't water. want the water that's been sitting in the hose for a day. That's not no, good. No, no. That's, I don't care who you are. Uh, it's uh, 913 at AM 550 KTSA FM 1071. It is the KTSA home improvement show and uh, we would love to hear from you this morning with your home improvement questions and somebody's got to get it started well this morning it's william good morning william welcome to the ktsa home improvement show good morning and thank you for taking my call absolutely Uh, i've got a home up in the hill country i'm trying to sell i don't want to spend any more money on it but i've got a situation where all it's a 27 year old house and all the old aluminum windows when you raise them they kind of fall back down they won't stay up and then when you try to close them all the way to lock them, they're very difficult to get pushed all the way down. Yes, sir. Any any ideas for a quick, inexpensive remedy? 
Well, as far as a, a quick and or an inexpensive remedy, that's that's a tough one because of the age of those windows. And I'm guessing that those windows, maybe you mentioned how old they are, William, but uh, they're and, – and, and, and this is uh, this, this is William from uh, – I recognize the voice, so if you want to give a little shout-out for what you do, you've done great work for us in the past. We appreciate it. <laughs> uh I'll, I'll let you decide on that but uh the window how old are the windows that you have there william 27 years old okay so they're, they're 27 years old they're aluminum they have a spiral balance that is the mechanism that makes the windows go up and down and uh what happens with the spiral balance is they they have a tendency to either gum up or spin out if they spin out they'll no longer hold your windows up and and it makes them very difficult to raise if they if if they uh, gum up, what you're describing when you push them down, it makes them difficult to push down. the The little spiral that runs inside of the tube on either side of that window runs up like a corkscrew and runs down like a corkscrew, and that's how the windows are balanced. And if that gums up, it makes it very difficult to to push down and lock and close the windows. You can oil those balancers, and you can tighten and loosen those balancers with a special tool that you, you, can, you can buy one on Amazon. You can buy the tool on Amazon. Um, I don't know that they carry them at the big box stores, but you can certainly buy them. The, the long and the short of it is, though, a 27-year-old aluminum window is a window that's costing you money. So if at some point you, you, the right thing to do would be to, to replace them and put some energy-efficient windows in there and start saving some money and, and put that money back in your pocket. But if you do want to limp along, uh, they can be addressed. Now, if they've spun out, they're done. And finding a balance to fit those particular windows on a 27-year-old window are going to be slim to none, uh, the, the chances of that. Okay. If the windows are replaced, would it require uh, work into the sheetrock? No, sir. No, sir. What is the exterior of your house? Uh, it's siding and rock. Siding and rock. Nope. Uh, either way, uh, we we either do a jam mount installation whereby we measure sheetrock to sheetrock. Uh, if it's a brick home, we typically measure outside brick to brick. But either case, no, sir. There's no sheetrock. There's no siding uh repair or damage that's going to be needed on that home uh the, the window fits into the exact opening they're made to fit those openings and uh, and typically when we're done the only thing that you notice is that there is a beautiful new window in that opening and lower energy bills and a more comfortable home okay where well, where how, is the home located? Out of town? this this is up in uh marble falls oh yeah. yeah yeah we definitely do marble falls in fact i think we had an appointment up in wimberley this week um we've done plenty of work in marble falls and uh, okay. I actually love that area. What a great! You on the lake there? Uh, yes. Yeah, that's man. That is just beautiful up there. I I love LBJ and and Marble Falls Lake. All that's a beautiful area. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for your help. I appreciate it. I'll give you a call this week. I think you know the number. I do. Th- this I do. this is our buddy from BizDoc. If if uh, if uh, you, you probably didn't know what I was alluding to, but BizDoc's great a uh, great copy company. Uh, 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 you know, office products and office. Uh, uh, what what do you call them nowadays? What do you call well, them? Multifunction copiers is, or multifunction devices because they copy, print, scan. There we go. Facts. So Wait, are you kidding? The one that's at our office now will wash the dishes if we get it close <laughs> enough to the sink. <laughs> I can tell you this. If there is one piece of equipment in our office that would completely put us at a standstill if it went down in a given day, is that machine. So, yeah, give our buddy over at BizDoc a call, will you? Uh, they they're, they're good folks to do business with, and honest as the day is long. We appreciate you calling this morning. 
terrific. Thank you. Take Thanks, care. Thanks, buddy. Have Bye-bye. a good one. Bye-bye. Uh, yeah, Vic Meredith, what a great guy. Um, just just good good people and, and a great company, and we appreciate him very much uh, at Window World. Welcome back, everybody. It's the KTSA Home Improvement Show, 923 on AM 550 KTSA FM 1071. I'm Martin Bamba. That's Jim Smith. And we are here to help. You know, I always change the... What I accentuated. The inflection. The inflection. I I, I love doing that. (laughs) I just wanted to clarify something about a statement I made a few minutes ago, and I've alluded to it several times. Folks, I joke a lot about the global warming. I do. Because I do believe that it is happening and that it can happen. But I also believe that it's cyclical. It's it's something that's happened a hundred times in the history of this planet already. And it's just it, we're in a cycle. Well, and, and the the point of the matter is it doesn't matter why it's happening. The the point is you can't deny it's happening. Right. And and that's the the one that really gets me are the deniers that say, Well, it's not happening. Look, you can argue about why it's happening all you want to, but you cannot argue I that truly, it's happening. I truly don't think it has anything to do with cow flatulence. Uh, I, I you, truly you know, don't because there were the dinosaurs were bigger than the cows. My my uh, my scientific uh, knowledge is not great enough to debate that. But what I will tell you is, it is happening. Don't know why. That's the, that's the only thing I can tell I mean, you. Can you imagine a T Rex's flatulence? That would peel paint. Uh, I'm sure it would. I'm <laughs> sure it would. Hey, let's get back to those phone lines. Two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Martin, great name. Love it. Welcome to the show. <laughs> yes, sir. Thank you for taking my call today. How can uh, we help you, Martin? I just, wanted, I just wanted to ask you, I, I bought a house over here in the Churchill Estates area just recently. And as you know, it's probably, no, it's, there's a lot of air traffic over here. Oh, yeah. Uh, this uh, house was built in 2004, and uh, it does have double-pane windows in it. Beautiful home, big windows. Uh, but it is a little noisy. We, we weren't expecting quite so much noise from the aircraft coming in because when they come when they're landing, they're actually lower than when they take off over this area. So, yes, sir. Uh, is this, like I said, it's built 2004. It's double pane windows. Is there a better window that I can get for sound attenuation? Yes, there absolutely is. Um, uh, what I would suggest to you first, um, and I could be totally off base on this, but I know that at one point the city of San Antonio and the aviation division were assisting homeowners with uh, no, uh, noise abatement in approach zones so I, if, I think that that program ran out oh did their program yeah i okay. think that program ran uh, out I've, I've actually i've actually talked to those people uh it's actually still available wow that's great but, uh we've talked to those people and they say that this area is not one of their qualified so areas. you're not in a, you're okay. not in so what i would suggest is give us a call we'll come out and i can give you a price on a good what we call our sound reduction package which it's a laminated glass product and with the laminated glass, it does not carry sound waves as 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 much as just a single pane of glass by, by itself would. The, even though you have double pane, there's still an air gap in between those double panes. There, there's a pliable right. there's a pliable piece of uh, of clear plastic that is inside, sandwiched in between two panes of glass, and that piece right. is what helps stop the sound transmission from from traveling through that uh, that substance. We even call it our peace and quiet package. Okay. Yeah, I was expecting that probably since 2004 there's been some improvements on that. So. Uh, there have been some major improvements. That's that's number one. It's going to greatly uh, uh, greatly increase the, the sound deadening in your home. 
Uh, it's not going to make it uh, silent, but it's certainly going to reduce the sound considerably. Uh, and then on top of that, if you wanted to add something even as another layer on top of that, we offer an inside-mounted um, window that you can actually install inside of the windows on top of that. And, I mean, you, you talk about the ultimate in, in quiet. And we can do both of those products for about half of what, or less, actually less than half of what the, uh, the abatement windows run. And, right. and abatement windows are, I mean, those things run anywhere between 2800 to thirty-five, thirty-six hundred dollars $3,600 a window. Wow. Okay. Yeah, we weren't expecting anything like that. No, no. And, and with us, you wouldn't be paying anything like that. We're, you know, we're talking seven, $800 max per window. And, and I mean, that's, that's upper, upper end. Okay. Well, that sounds great. I guess I'll have you guys out here and let you guys. Give me some advice on that. We would love to talk to you about that. Our phone number, uh, Martin, is 210-767-0995. Our office is open right now and would be happy to help you. Very good. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a great day. 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555 is the number to get in on the conversation this morning as we go to Dale. Dale, good morning. Welcome to the KTSA Home Improvement Show. Yes, sir. Uh, built a uh, privacy fence my neighbors and myself uh it's not actually a fence it's more of a screen a very decorative cedar structure and uh pressure washed it uh treated it with thompson's it didn't last uh, even a season so i repressure washed it and used a product called flood same thing lasted about one year and turned black i realize it's all mildew but what can i after pressure washing and letting it dry what can I put on there that's going to keep that red cedar look for more than one season? Uh, cedar is basically going to always try to gray over on you. Um, it's just the nature of it. But where you're making your mistake is pressure washing it. I know that that sounds crazy, but what you're doing is you're injecting the moisture into the wood with the pressure washer, and it's going to take months for that moisture to come out. That's the reason you're getting the mildew on there. The best thing I could suggest to you at this point would be to mix you up a light bleach solution in a garden sprayer. Soak the areas down. Do one area at a time. Don't try to do the whole thing. But soak the areas down with that light bleach solution. Let it set three to five minutes. Rinse it off with a water hose with a garden sprayer on it, just a, a hand sprayer. Then let it dry for 24 to 48 hours. Then seal it. And that that'll, that will help keep the original color um, but what you're doing is you're injecting moisture behind your sealer if you're using a high-pressure washer. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I did the uh, the Clorox with the pressure, I mean, with the uh, hand pump-up sprayer. Mm -hmm. It had light, light solution of soap in it. And, uh, yeah, it, it dries out to a beautiful, bright, new-looking red. But I did use a pressure washer, so I just use an ordinary garden hose. Ordinary garden hose. Otherwise, you're just injecting moisture. And like I said, it can take, oh, man, I don't know, Martin, I'd say a month are longer for that, that wood to dry out if you pressure wash it? Yeah, it's not going to take a month to dry out, but here's the real problem with pressure washing it is you're etching the surface. You're actually damaging the surface of the wood, and you don't want to do that. Yeah, I'm real careful not to get too close to it because it will. It'll cut it. Yeah, you'll, you'll, you, can, you can cut lines in it with that pressure washer, and sure. then, then you've damaged it for good. Yep, yep. Well, that's great. And then uh, once it dries for 24 hours, the ordinary flood or thompson's will last longer 
yes, you'll get more of a life out of them. Now, the best thing you can do if you're using a sealer on it, if this thing is out in the weather all the time, you have to remember that, is that you want to, you only want to strip it probably once every few years is, is stripping it, but you want to reapply that sealer probably every six months. And, and the other thing that, oh. I will, that I'll tell you, Dale, is if you want to keep that pretty red color, you're going to need to use a sealer and stain in one. Uh, use a stain sealer in one because it, it does naturally gray. And if you're putting on a clear sealer, it's still going it, to, it, it's protected, but it's still going to gray. Gotcha. Gotcha. So good. If you want cedar look, get a cedar tinted. Yes, sir. Uh, I don't know if Thompson's or Flood makes a cedar. Yes, they do. The, they do. They do. does too. I yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm think. I'm not sure that Thompson's does, but I think they do, and I can guarantee you that Bear, Sherwin Williams, and some of the other ones do. Is there a brand you like better than one? Uh, you know what? For the price, Bear is hard to beat. Um, uh, there's Sherwin Williams is a great brand, but you're going to spend twice as much. Uh, Bear is a great product. Excellent. Man, I appreciate your help. Yes, sir, Dale. Thank you very much. Appreciate you being a part of the show this morning. Welcome back, everybody. It is the KTSA Home Improvement Show. 935 on AM 550 KTSA. Phone lines are open to 10-599-5555. Martin Bomber right here. Jim Smith. And we are here to help. And, uh... It's all about you, your home improvement questions. We would love to talk to you this morning. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those days that's going to be just absolutely gorgeous to be working inside or outside the house. Going to be a little warm, so stay cool as we uh, started the show talking about hydrating and taking care of yourself when you're outside. But uh, it's, it is going to be a good day. I, I was out yesterday, and I was telling Don before we went on the air, I, I don't get to play golf very often. I enjoy playing, but I don't get to play very often. Yesterday... Uh, my cousin Mike uh, had called me up a couple of days prior and said, "Hey, you got time to go play play around of golf?" And I said, "Well, you know, as luck would have it, I do. Let's let's do something Friday." So we got together and we went out to Silverhorn Golf Club. Which, uh, incidentally, if you're a golfer, their greens and their fairways are in outstanding condition. I mean, absolutely beautiful condition. Um, and it had been probably ten years since I had played Silverhorn. What a great what a great place to play. Uh, just really, really well taken care of. The weather was could have, couldn't have been much more perfect. I mean, yeah, it was warm, but it was overcast skies, so you had that cloud cover that kept it kind of cool. Nice breeze all throughout there the whole day. It was just really a phenomenal day to play golf. So if you if you're so inclined and you don't have something to work on around the house, put your bags in your car and head on out to a golf uh, a golf course of your choice. It was a lot of fun. Folks, we're just trying to keep y'all active, but doing it safely. Whereas, you know, just don't get into the trap that I'm in. Like, I have an appointment after the show today, and then I will probably wind up at the house with a list of things that I need to do. And mm-hmm. I will probably sit down in my recliner and take a nap. That's hey, that sounds like a good way to spend the day. I, that's there's nothing wrong with that. But I should be outside doing something. Got to recoup. Got to recoup. Uh, yeah, you should, and 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 I should, and I will. Uh, let's see here. Uh, we were we were talking um, earlier this week, and, and and there was an article uh, in in the in the real estate section of the Bo- of, of of Boston Globe uh, of all places, but it was uh, a part of a um, uh, you know another article that I get. I, I subscribe to these different newsletters, and this one was talking about woodpeckers and um, and and the damage that they do to your siding, and why do they damage your siding? And we do have woodpeckers in this area, and, and lots of them. And uh, man, out at the ranch, they used to be a, a scourge for us because they would they would peck. Uh, my, my father had uh, 
400 pecan trees. We had a pecan orchard, and and the woodpeckers loved, you know, pecking holes in the pecan trees because they were trying to get to bugs, and um, and and so that was you know that was always a, a kind of a kind of an ongoing battle with the woodpeckers. Well, they don't just confine themselves to trees. They also will attack your wood siding if you have wood siding, and and even uh, even you know masonite siding and and semi wood siding. They they will uh, they will certainly go after that as well. Uh, in fact, we did a job one year, and this was up in Campwood, Texas, and this house set on the river, and uh, the woodpeckers got after this cedar sided house to the point that it probably had fifty or sixty. Um, you know, silver dollar size holes in the side of this siding because the woodpeckers had gotten had gotten after it so badly. And uh, the the article that I read it, it asked about suggestions on how to prevent woodpeckers from from pecking and building nests in this this uh, particular uh, not, not customer but reader siding. Um, they they start you know it says that they started drilling holes and they had done significant damage. And they even got down to the insulation in one spot, and, and that that definitely happens. I've seen it firsthand. Um, you know, scare tape, DVDs, and new shingles—they don't seem to help," uh, says the person who's writing this. Um, there's, there, you know, what do you do? What do you do? And here's the reason that woodpeckers peck on a house: they attract a mate by drumming. That 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 drumming noise that you hear when they peck. Uh, there's a purpose to it in the woodpecker world, evidently, and that's to attract other woodpeckers. Uh, they create a roost hole, usually in April or May is when they do that, and then, of course, feeding on insects inside or behind the wood. So if you have any kind of insects in there, they're looking for a food source. Um, there are, uh, there are deterrents that, that actually work pretty well. Uh, life-size plastic owls with paper wings seem to help. Reflective streamers. Uh, plastic eyes strung on fishing line. That sounds like a weird one. Uh, roost boxes, uh, suet feeders, and and a sound system that broadcasts woodpecker distress calls followed by a hawk call. I don't know that I would want that. Um, but these are all things that they say uh, can work. But only the streamers work with real consistency. So there's, uh, there, there's something to keep in mind. Here's another idea. Replace that wood siding with a siding that woodpeckers don't like. And uh, that 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 could be any number of sidings, from vinyl siding to insulated wall systems to masonry siding to you name it. There's there's a lot of things that they will not uh, mess with. But the the uh, the insect problem, you need to get an exterminator. If if they're feeding on insects in your siding, you need to get an exterminator because you shouldn't have them in there in the first place. Right. And that's what's attracting them. So uh, it it is a it is an issue here locally. I can tell you that because I've seen it firsthand. And if you have wood siding, you have this problem. Those are some deterrents, but the the real long term solution is install a siding that a is not going to require the maintenance that wood siding does. This is a a bad area for wood siding. It really is. Uh, as as pretty as cedar is, it's pretty inside because outside it just weathers and requires constant maintenance. And and for a fence, it's great. For a house, not so great. And and I've seen firsthand how bad it looks after you know, several years of non-maintenance. Right, right. But uh, with the, like as Martin said, the industry has come so far and got, made so many advances. There are siding products that we can put on um, that the woodpeckers just don't like. I mean, they don't like to peck on vinyl. Yeah. They yeah. can't peck through uh, brickstone or masonry siding. You know, there's just, there's a lot of products that we can put on that 
yeah will will, will solve the issue once and for all absolutely uh so yeah that's i mean that's the, the, those are some some good ways to handle it but replacing the siding that's the permanent solution honestly yep. Yep. so uh, t- uh take a look at that uh let's see here we have time to get at least one more call in here before we go to break uh phone lines are open at 210-599-5555 210-599-5555 that's the number to get in on the conversation this morning as we go to maggie maggie good morning welcome to the ktsa home improvement show good morning I have a question about a roof and having it painted. <clears throat> I have a standing seam roof that's old, no rust on it, but I need to get it painted because it's beginning to look kind of bad. So I got an estimate, and it was very expensive. They said they would only use elastomatic or elastomeric on it. Elastomeric, yes, ma'am. Yeah, and it was a very. I am a recent widow, and I do not have that kind of money. I have used Rust-Oleum before on a barn, and it lasted forever. Would Rust-Oleum work on that roof for a while? It would work for a while, um, but all it is is basically putting a Band-Aid on the problem. The reason they're telling you the elastomeric roof coating is because the elastomeric is going to, of course, help seal any gaps that there may be or any uh, leaks or even future leaks. The elastomeric is a much thicker product. It's going to help seal any of those. Um, also when you paint it with the Rust-Oleum, the Rust-Oleum is going to fade or weather faster than the elastomeric paints. Okay. It was just a, such an expensive, it was, it kind of caught me off guard. It was like $6,000 and I just went, whoa, I don't have that. So, <laughs> okay. Well, well, you've gotten one quote. If you get, I would get three different quotes. I would contact, uh, you know, uh, I don't know if it was a roofing company you contacted or what it was, but contact a couple of the handyman services. It was a painting company that I've used to paint my house, and they did an excellent job. I called two other people, and I have had no callbacks. This is Fredericksburg, and everybody is so busy up here in the building business, they just don't have time to even call you back. Yes, ma'am. Okay. I'll try again anyway. Thank you, honey. Bye-bye. Well, thank you, Maggie. Appreciate you calling, and uh, and thanks for that question. Uh, Yeah, you know, roofing... Roofing is not cheap. Uh, that's that's long and the short of it. It doesn't matter what type of roofing you're doing. Of course, uh, you know, three tab comp shingles are going to be the least expensive way to go on on uh, roofing. But if you have a metal roof, replacing it is not inexpensive. Uh, it is a great roof to have. In fact, it's probably my favorite roof, especially a standing seam metal roof. But when it comes to replacing it, it it, it is a chunk of change. There's no getting around that. So. Well, you know, there's there's one thing I have to say that uh, as to why replacing roofing um, is so expensive versus me doing it myself. Do you know why it's so expensive for me to pay a contractor rather than do it myself? Well, presumably because they have skilled workers, they have insurance, uh, they are taking the risk of getting around and climbing on that roof. Yeah, but the long and short of it is because it's worth it. That's right. To keep me from having to get up there, it's You're worth it. You're dang right it is. And uh, if, if if you've ever been up on a roof in the temperature that we're having right now, and guess what? They're still installing roofing today. Uh, 100 degrees outside, yep, you're going to see people up there putting on roofs. And, uh, and, and there is value to that. And um, I, I just... You know, I can't stress enough that that's one of those things. Roofing is one of those projects that I don't encourage people to do themselves. No. Uh, If it's a small, maybe a garden shed or something, but your house, unless you're extremely skilled and have really good insurance, I would say don't do it. And you're in really good physical condition. I just... Also helpful, yes. You know, once I got up there and got down on my knees and started nailing shingles, 
I wouldn't be able to stand back up until I was ready to tell us finished for the day because, you know, just, just the process of getting back up is, is killer for me. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, 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 it's not fun. So, uh, yeah, if you're going to be doing some roofing, get, get a professional to do that for you. It's the KTSA home improvement show. 950 on AM 550 KTSA FM 1071. Don Cooper Stevens in there playing that great music for you and taking your calls for us. We appreciate that, Don. Thank you, sir. Good stuff. Good stuff. Got to give an honorable mention, Martin. What happened 50 years ago? Well, they, they set up this big soundstage. <laughs> I, I sound like that crazy guy that got popped in the face by Buzz Aldrin. That cracked yeah. me up. Yep. Oh, that cracked me up. Yeah, you act like an idiot and get popped in the face by an old man. Serves you right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, by the way, if there are any conspiracy theorists out there that think that that wasn't real, get a life. You're an idiot. I don't know how much more plainly I could put right. that. Right. I mean, come on. Uh, yeah. It's uh, no, no. What oh. a, what an incredible achievement, uh, not only for our country, but as as uh, uh, Neil Armstrong uh, so so poignantly put it, it was it was a giant leap for mankind. And, well, uh, and to the conspiracy theorists, you got to think about this, or to the folks that might even be a little bit on the fence about it, you got to think about this, man. Back then, the technology didn't exist to even try to pull something like that off. And in that many years since then, come on, dude, human nature, somebody would have talked. But see, if I were a conspiracy theorist, I'd say, well, then it's certainly the, the technology didn't exist to actually put us on the moon. <laughs> Yeah, so stupid. somebody somebody would have talked. Somebody yeah, would have somebody come would out have, somebody on a would news have said show. something. Yes, you know, somebody would have said something. But you know, there's always going to be people that 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 want to believe that there's something in the background that's you know nefarious and working behind the scenes. And no, take it for what it was, folks. It was an incredible, incredible feat um, that that was achieved by our space program by some very brave people who, going into it, were told that you have a 50-50 chance of survival. Yep. Somebody came to you today and said, hey, I want to offer you a job. And it's going to pay okay, but not great. It's going to be a lot of work. And at the end of it, you got a 50% chance of dying. Would you take that job? <laughs> I, I'm going to have to say I would not. Okay, I'm, I'm not made of that. Yeah, uh, I'm going to have to say today I wouldn't either. Today when I, I was a younger man. As a younger man, maybe. Yeah. You know, especially if it was something as special and, and spectacular yep. and, and earth-shattering and life-changing and history-making as what that was. Landing on the moon uh, at that point was just an impossibility, and they made it possible. Yep. So, you have to remember, I've been to some places in the world where your chances of, of coming out were about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a whole nother story. Uh, phone lines are open 210-599-5555. Keith, you're coming up. John, you're up next on the KTSA Home Improvement Show. Hello, John. Good morning. Oh, good morning. I thought you were going to a break. <laughs> no, no, sir. Going to you. Hey, uh, I've got a comment, and please remind me I have a question if I forget to ask it. Uh, Yep. I've had a Tennessee V roof for uh, 37 years, and I've seen neighbors replace their uh, asphalt shingles or whatever the heck they are five or six times. I know they're insured, but it's kind of a 
a pain in the behind to, uh, you know, you got to cough up that uh, deductible and it may be 500, maybe 1,000, it may be 2,000. Who knows? There, There is absolutely nothing wrong with a Tennessee V-crimp roof. In fact, I love them. Thank you, sir. I love it myself. It's got a good subroof, I guess you call it, under it. But I've I've had uh, golf ball size hail, and I don't even see a dent in it. That's incredible. I mean, that's that is a good roof. That sounds that sounds like they put a definite substrate under that, a solid uh, deck, a solid deck substrate under it. They did, sir. They used one by one by twelves and one by tens and stuff like that. But anyway, uh, I don't see why anybody would buy a house unless it's got a ten, a uh, standing seam or even the industrial grade. Uh, I don't know what you call it. Uh, R panel. R panel. Okay. Now, my question, sir. I got some rust showing on the Tennessee V. I want to paint it or treat it or whatever you want to call it. I want to extend the life of this roof before it it gets rusted pinholes in it. Okay, that, that, the, I, the way to do that would be to, to coat the roof. That would be the best way to do it. <laughs> that's, a, that's a logical conclusion. <laughs> they make, uh, you can pick up at the big box store an elastomeric roof coating. Um, oh, one, sorry, I, forgot, I forgot that name. How do you, elastomeric? Elastomeric. How do you, what is the first letter? E. E is an elephant. Elastomeric. Yes. Correct. Um, one brand name, I can even give you one brand name that I know of. It's called Snow Coat. S-N-O-C-O-T-E. Snow Coat. Or, I'm sorry. S-N-O-K-O-T-E. Snow okay. Coat. Snow Coat. Okay, so elastomeric, that's just like a a name for various products yes yes what that means is it's a what that means is that it, uh, it's a flexible product it's a product that remains flexible so it will move with the house if the house moves it will also move with the expansion and contraction of the metal underneath it okay how is it applied say the snow coat with a Where brush with a brush and a roller a brush and a roller what i did is i, I of course brushed the corners and brushed the edges but and then I just dumped the bucket of it out in the middle of the roof and used a roller to spread it out. Okay, uh, I presume you you need a, a brush to get the uh, the V the V part. No, sir. I used an inch and a half nap roller, and the inch and a half long nap on the roller went right down in the V as I was spreading it out. Okay, real long nap roller. Yep. Yes, sir. And. I presume you could put it in a five-gallon. I mean, it probably comes. It's going to come bucket. in a five-gallon bucket, and you can dump it into a heavy-duty uh, paint paint tray and and get to rolling. I didn't even or dump it in a paint tray. I just dip. dumped it directly on the roof and oh, spread it yeah. out. Yeah, of course. Because <laughs> you're, you're painting no, the whole surface. That's true. Yeah, that's yeah. true. You just you just dip your roller in the bucket and, and do well, it you don't even have right? to do that. Like Jim said, just take the bucket and and run it across the roof and dump it out in a nice little even area and then start spreading. Yeah, I just dumped it right on the roof, uh, uh, John, and spread it out with the roller. Well, thank you, guys. Uh, I got it written down now, uh, snow coat. And uh, by the way, I'm pretty sure they would that we did land on the moon. 
Yeah. Yes, sir. I think so. I think we did. <laughs> I, you know, I think that's a pretty good guess, John. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it. I saw it on TV. It's got to be real. You know what? I'm told yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you're not helping my case, John. Uh, I, you know, I, I think that I was about two years old whenever that took place, and I'm told that I watched it on TV. I don't have any memory of it, but I can say I was there when it happened. So, hey, John, thanks a lot. Appreciate that. Welcome back, everybody, to the KTSA Home Improvement Show. It's uh, 10.06 on AM 550 KTSA, FM 1071. Phone lines are open at 210-599-5555, 210-599-5555. That's the number to get in on the conversation this morning on the KTSA Home Improvement Show. Uh, getting to your calls here in just a moment. And uh, it's all about you, your home improvement questions, and uh, and what's going on in your home improvement world. I'm Martin Bamba. That's Jim Smith. And we are here to help. And uh, let's get right to it. Let's see here. Keith's been hanging on the longest. Good morning, Keith. Welcome to the KTSA Home Improvement Show. Howdy, howdy, neighbors. Howdy, howdy. How you doing there, Keith? I are just peachy hot. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's If you're not, it's because you're sitting in the air conditioning. Well, I've got a fan on. I'm in the doghouse. Uh-oh. <laughs> What'd you do now that you're in the doghouse? I got a big doghouse with a radio and fan and all that. But uh, anyway, um, talking about heat, I um, the first sign of heat stroke is confusion. Well, yeah, that's that's well, you know, I had heat stroke yesterday. Yeah, well, I was going to say and if, the day if, before. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I hope that's not the o- I hope that that's not the only reason you could be confused because if that's it then I would I would be in heat stroke every day. Yeah. Well, I uh, I was doing a job on a house uh and measured out a um outside bar uh anyway, went to cut my um my board and forgot the measurement went back up measured it got back to my saw forgot it again well it's time to pack my stuff up and go home well yeah that's it, it's definitely a sign but the, you know you know, keith as old as we're getting that could also be a sign of short timers to you know no i was uh <laughs> i was 35 at the time and uh uh, run water on your forearms and put a cold rag on your neck and get out of it. Yep. Anyway, I called about the uh, elastomeric. Having uh, sprayed out, and you can spray elastomeric. You need about a 19 uh, orifice on your uh, spray tip, um, 19 to 21. Anyway, <clears throat> excuse me, um, elastomeric is a rubberized paint. And when you put it on a metal roof, if you have trees around, it collects sap and it will stain really bad. The best thing to do for a metal roof is get a good metal primer, prime it, and then paint it. I painted a barn 30 years ago, and it still looks great, hasn't peeled or anything with bare paint. Okay. Now, what uh, on the, the using the bare painter? You're not using a latex product, though. Uh, no, it's it's the bare uh, for metal, and it is an oil base. And yeah, it's uh, a lot more cleanup and everything else than a latex. Uh, but 
it lasts. Well, I have to agree with you about the staining, though, because the roof that I coated, it did stain a little bit, but it was far worth it due to the uh, heat reduction I got. Well, uh, any light colors going to reflect the heat. Don't put a dark color, but uh, your dark colors do fade more also than your light colors. Um well, Keith, listen, man, uh, good good advice and good stuff. We appreciate you chiming in this morning. Thanks for the uh, thanks for the input, and uh, I know I know we'll hear from Keith again. He's always a, a you know calling in and yes, yes, and uh, done 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 a lot and seen a lot. So we appreciate that, Keith. Thank you, sir. Uh, let's see here. Kay has been hanging on an awful long time. Let's get to Kay. Harry, you're coming right up. Your calls too at two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Good morning, Kay. Welcome to the show. Yes. Hi. Good morning. Hi there. I uh, listening to this radio station all the time because I listen to Bob Webster all the time as much as he's on the radio if I can. Anyway, you've come right on, and the first conversation appeared to be the three men who went to the moon. And um, you're right; there's more lunatics running around this world than not, it appears. <laughs> and um, one thing I had read recently was the uh, about the three men, they were given the option of going or not, and they knew it was a 50-50 chance of coming back. They all had families, and there was no way they could possibly buy life insurance for this travel trip. How, how would what, you insure that? I mean, what 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 kind of insurance would you possibly buy, exactly? With a 50-50? No. Yeah, right. <laughs> not happening. So what these men did were sign hundreds of pictures and papers of themselves in their gear because they knew if they died on the moon these things would sell and this was meant for their families i did wow. not I, that is information i did not know that's uh that's a great idea pretty pretty good foresight yeah that's true there weren't many other choices but i would imagine that they still were able to sell quite a few of them they're still worth a lot uh, because of what they accomplished <laughs> i bet they, they still are made more by simply showing up and giving talks yep Yep. certainly would have mattered more to their families. Yes. Absolutely. Yes, and and they and they in in the years and rightfully so in the years since then have made lots of money doing those talks and making appearances and talking about their experience and and deservedly so because they were some very brave individuals. Tell me, I must have missed the event when there was what a news talk and somebody got bopped in oh the yeah you, you'll j- just look it up online uh, just put in buzz aldrin hits uh denier or something like that and <laughs> it's it's actually very funny that has got to be yeah what could that yeah have how, how it, there's no end to dumb <laughs> there, there no is yeah dumb no has no limits does it no. <laughs> well, no. well, Kay, you know what? I, I mean, it's, it's not home improvement related, but it is a historic day in our country uh, 50 years later, and, and we're still talking about it, and uh, it, it is it just still incredible to me. So thanks for, mm-hmm. thanks for talking about that with us this morning. Thanks for bringing it up. Yes, ma'am. Have a great day. Bye. All right, let's uh, let's see. We'll get to one more before we go to break. Uh, get yourself a phone line while there's a couple open, 210-599-5555 with your home improvement questions as we go to Harry. Harry, good morning. Welcome to the KTSA Home Improvement Show. Good morning, fellas. Um, Got to get right to it. I have a small project. I guess I have a couple questions about it. Um, I'm going to call it, uh, I need um, uh, a small retaining wall. 15 feet long by about 18 inches high. My intention, and that is to hold back basically just uh, uh, a raised area of my garden. On okay. top of that, what I want to do is is put a uh, 
six-foot privacy fence. So I, I've called a couple of fencing companies, and <laughs> the one that replied says, okay, well, we can't. We can do the fence, but we can't do the retaining wall. You, uh, you need, you know, somebody who's more expert in that. And I guess, you know, where do I go? What do I where, do? Where are you located? Um, in the Encino Park area, North uh, 281. You're in City of San Antonio, city limits, correct? Yes. That's the reason that they don't want to touch the retaining walls because it all has to be. You have to submit uh, blueprints, diagrams. Uh, Engineering surveys to the city of San Antonio to get a permit to build that retaining wall. For 18 inches high? Yes, sir. Wow. Wow. Okay. And uh, if I were to tackle it myself, which I'm not sure that I want to do, uh, do I still need the permits? No. I don't know. With I, it being a retaining wall, there, there I are, don't know. Well, I think that the and I don't want. To, I'm not the end all be all on this, so check with the city. But I think that if you're doing it as a homeowner for yourself, uh, the the permitting uh, process is a little different on many things. For instance, on windows, we have to pull permits on every window installation job we do. However, me as a homeowner, if I'm doing the windows myself, I don't have to pull a permit. But on the retaining wall, I'm, it may be different. They may still require an engineer to lay it out, and they may still require an inspection. I don't know. It, it okay. seems it okay. seems well, silly to me that, that you would have to do that for a garden. I don't know. And, and check on that. Jim, I, I hate to contradict you. You may be very right. But for a garden and not for, for actual um, topography, uh, I, I don't know that that's true. I don't know retaining wall a garden wall instead of a retaining wall all you're doing is building a raised garden essentially yes so that's yes. so no you would not need a permit to build a raised garden right but uh, so so be careful calling it a retaining wall call it a garden wall <laughs> yeah okay all right well now now that we've cleared that up who do I go to or where's what's my first step is finding someone who can help me build a garden wall? A landscape contractor. You're yeah. not going to do any good with a fencing contractor, but a landscape contractor would be able to be able to just help you right out. They certainly can and many of them have have masons that they use as part of their business on a regular basis. Um I I you know there's there's lots of landscapers out there and there's a few good ones. I'm currently having some landscaping work done right now by a certain company. It's not completed yet, so I'm not gonna I'm not going to recommend them to you because I don't know how my job's going to turn out yet. But once that happens, then I'll be happy to share that information. Okay. Um, well, as you can't make a recommendation at this time, my thought was just go on to uh, Angie's list and kind of comb down and get the guys that are you know A1 rated or plus rated and, uh, and see what they have. To do. I'm I am always. And, and I'm going to probably get myself in trouble here. I'm always suspect of of that particular service. My best place that I would recommend that you go to is the Better Business Bureau. Go to bbb.org, uh, put in what you need and where you need it, and you're going to get the names of several different people that have good A-plus ratings, and, and, um, and, and then you can choose from there. That's what I would do. Okay. Wow. It's, it's gone from needing some city permits to calling it a different name. I thank you, fellas. You're, you're very welcome. We're, we're glad we can help you skirt the rules. <laughs> <laughs> now, now let me talk to you about my IRS problem. <laughs> uh, that's right. That's right, man. Thanks a lot, Harry. Appreciate you being here. Thanks for being a part of the show this morning. 
Welcome back, everybody. It's the KTSA Home Improvement Show. It's 1024 on AM 550 KTSA. Come 107-1. Phone lines are open. 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555. That's the number to get in on the conversation with uh, Martin Bamba and Jim Smith. And we are here to help. And let's get right to it. Alan, good morning. Welcome to the KTSA Home Improvement Show. Morning. I have a uh, 40 by 60 metal barn with 14 foot wide doors on each end. And I need to put some exhaust fans or I want to put exhaust fans. Will that help with the heat problem or not? It should, yeah. Absolutely. I would go on the uh, sides opposite of the doors, you know, like uh, go on the long length wall. Well, the doors are on the long ends. Okay, well then go on the short length wall and put the put an exhaust fan up high, and then you can either put okay. a louver down low on the other side to get across ventilation through the building, or you can put build you some little uh, diverters that are just like uh, chicken wire or hardware cloth that you can put under the bottoms of the doors so that you can have the doors closed, but you can still turn that fan on and have the the air draw in under the doors. Well, what I was thinking about is putting a couple of solar, and I was wondering if should I put them in the top or in the ends? Or, or if you keep the doors open, you can put them in the top. Uh, of course, you'd have roof penetrations at that point, um, but you can put them in the top if you have. Uh, uh, now, if you're going to keep the doors open, there's no need to put any intake in the building. But if you're if you're yeah. going to be in there working, or if there's times when you want these fans to operate and the doors are going to be closed, then you want to put some louvers uh, down low on the sidewalls to allow it to pull air through so that you can get a flow through there. Okay. But, but there's no difference in the amount of heat it do from the ends or from the roof? Or? Uh, the, uh, if mean, you do uh, the ends, does it have a pitched roof on it? Yes. If you do the ends and you do them up high in the gables, then no, you're not uh-huh. going to see a huge difference. Um, okay. If it didn't have the, the pitched gables on it, then you definitely want to go on the roof because heat naturally rises anyway. And all you want to do is right. get it to where it flows in the direction that it's trying to flow. Okay. I was wanting to put two of them in, and I was going to go each side and one on each end. Is there you go. Effective or am I fighting? Yep. No, that would be effective as long as, uh, as long as they're not drawing against each other. As long as, like I say, there's plenty of airflow coming into the building from other yeah. sources that's going to allow right. the fans to work properly. Yeah. I got 14-foot got wide doors on each end. There's plenty of air that comes in. But right. of course, it's, you know, it's still hot up there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Now, okay, you can do the you can do yeah. the exhaust fans uh, either where they're controlled, where when you open the doors, they come on, or you can do them where they're controlled by temperature, where if the temperature where the fan is at, there's a, thermo, uh, a little sensor up there by the fan. If the temperature gets to whatever your set point is, then the fan's automatically going to kick on. Okay. Well, the ones I'm looking at, they showed like a 25-inch. I saw that I think somebody had for sale. Is is that a good enough size on, on like a building like that, or should I do something bigger in the ends? Or? Uh, 25-inch. Uh, yeah, it's going to need to be bigger than. It's going to need to be bigger than a 25-inch. That's only a two-foot fan. Um, yeah, I, I would say I would say at at least a 36-inch. In in a big and, building. And, well, even the size, you can have high velocity in small, even in small small. Um, small di- smaller diameters, but what I would do is calculate your total cubic feet of air in the building. Okay. 
Uh, and then once you calculate the total cubic feet of air in the building, you figure that the CFM that you want to pull out of there, and that's cubic feet per minute, calculate that out over a 24-hour period, you want enough to pull, to change the 20% of the air in the building. So 20, 20% in, in a 24-hour period? Yes. Okay. 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 Now, that's okay. just for circulation. If you wanted to, if you were trying to cool the space or trying to make sure that the air was clean and so on, then that goes, then that percentage goes, goes up exponentially. But just for ventilation, a little bit, <laughs> just for ventilation, 20, uh, 25, 20 to 25% yeah. is a good mark. Uh-huh. Well, I, you know, I, I got, I have horses in there and I keep a 30 inch fans, pedestal fans on them, but still, you know, the heat builds up so much in hot days. But of course, it's up high, and I was figuring if I could move the air out of the, the top of the building, it would help. Uh, cool yeah, yeah, creating bit. creating that that natural flow of ventilation is what's going to be the best benefit for you, and and uh, you you have to have a place for it to exit, which would be the up top exhaust fans, and then some place for the cool air to come in, which would be down lower. So there's, you know, there is a it, it's it's much the same principle as putting a um, a ridge vent on your roof. Ridge vent's great, yeah. but you have to have the draw of the cool air coming in from your soffits from somewhere to push out that hot air, and that's that's what you'll need to do there. You said the building was 40 by 60? It's 40 by 60 and 12 foot on the eaves, and I think it's 40 by 60 and 12 foot on the eaves? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So you've got 12, uh, roughly, uh, uh, Masa Menace, you've got twelve to 15,000 cubic feet of air in that space. Uh-huh. So you want your fans where they can move at least 4,000 cubic feet of air in a 24-hour period. At least 4,000. At least. Okay. Okay. All righty. Uh, I appreciate it. Thank you, sir. We appreciate you being a part of the show this morning. Let's see if we can uh, get one more in here before we have to go to break. Let's go to John. John, good morning. Welcome to the KTSA Home Improvement Show. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you all? Outstanding. John, how can we help you this morning? I'm down around Corpus, and I hear you talk about Apple Pest Control. Is there anybody around that area that does the organic deal on the pest control? Yeah, I'm, uh, Jim, talk a little bit. I'm going to get that information for you. <laughs> Martin's looking it up. Um, yes, there are companies all over that do the organic pest control. Um, and down there in the Corpus area, now, and now at times in the Corpus area, it's a little hard to find contractors um, simply because a lot of the, the niche – um, services like the organic pest control. Um, there's not a lot of guys in, in, in the Corpus area but th- that will do it because there's not enough business for them to do it. There's not enough demand for it. Right. Um, a lot of times on a lot of the different stuff, and I won't say necessarily the organic pest control, but there's been several services that you'll have to get a company to come out of San Antonio or um, Houston to come down there and take care of it because, and then they're going to charge you an exorbitant amount of money to do so. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's why I was just trying to figure something. No, I, I've I've on. actually got a local pest control company down uh, down in that area uh, that we use, and I'm just trying to find it. I'm having a hard time finding it right now, but I will locate that for you. And if you'll keep listening, I'll uh, I'll get that information out. Okay. Okay, I appreciate it. Absolutely, John. We appreciate you listening, and thanks for uh, for calling in this morning. We appreciate that. Welcome back, everybody. It's the KTSa Home Improvement Show. It's 1037 on AM 550 KTSA FM 1071. 
Phone lines are open at 210-599-5555, 210-599-5555. I'm Martin Bomba. That's Jim Smith. And we are here to help. You know, Martin, we need to check with the station about extending our times or something because this two hours just goes by too fast. It goes by quick. Yeah, Super quick. Fast. Hey, you did a little research during the break. Uh, we had a, a caller uh, earlier in the show that had asked about a retaining wall. Yes. Uh, we prefer to not call it a retaining wall. It's a garden wall. Well, actually, the city says call it a landscape wall. It's a, Okay, a landscape wall. And, and you know, who to get to build it, number one, but, but if it required a permit or not. And right. so Jim did a little research, and what did you find? Okay, if the wall is less than four foot in height, if it's a retaining wall, it does not require a permit unless there is a lateral load behind the wall, such as a building foundation, a parking lot, or if there's a fence attached to the wall. Because the fence could catch the wind uh, and and cause a, a, a top more, of the wall, uh, cause a, a load on the top of the wall. Um, so with this uh, caller that called in doing, even if it's an eighteen inch wall, if he attaches a fence to the top of it, it would still require engineering inspection. But a landscape wall can go up to ten feet tall with no permit required, even if there's a fence on top of it. So you definitely it's it, it and, and it sounds like you're going to be doing a landscape wall. Now, the only caveat to both of those is if it changes the natural flow or direction of groundwater or runoff water, then it's going to require to be engineered. So as long as you're not changing the direction of flow of the natural water, in other words, diverting a lot of water into your neighbor's yard, as long as you're not doing that, then you can go up to 10 feet tall in a landscape wall without a permit. Yeah, and that's one thing uh, to keep in mind whenever you are doing this type of project. Don't do anything that is going to change the natural flow of water uh, in in your yard and divert it. In, you, you can change it within your yard, but just do not change it to where it diverts into a neighbor's yard because that can cause potential, at the very least, neighborly problems and, at the right. very worst, legal problems. So keep that in mind whenever you're doing something like this. But uh, there, there's the good news for you. No permit required. It's a landscape wall, and uh, just you know. Well, even if it, it, even not a landscape wall, if he went and put his fence in in front of the wall instead of on top of it, and just extended his his fence posts up the the eighteen inches off the ground ah. that he's that he's doing, yeah. Then the wall the the fence is not intrusive of the wall, so therefore he still wouldn't need a permit as long as he stayed under four feet, even if he called it a retaining wall. There you go. A little confusing, but I think you cleared it up somewhat. Uh, the other thing that uh, I said I was going to do was get you the name of that uh, pest control company down in, in the Coastal Bend area. And this was a name that was actually given to me by Stan Goodson over at, uh, at Apple Pest Control, so I know I can trust them, and, and they are doing pest control for us down there. Uh, the name of the company is Elite Exterminating. At Elite Exterminating, if you're still listening, and uh, the number down there is 800-498-8939. 800-498-8939. Elite Exterminating uh, in Corpus Christi is the company to call if you need organic or any type of pest control down there. So there you go. Uh, get yourself a phone line, 210-599-5555. If we have time uh, during the course of the show in between calls, uh, last week I had alluded to uh, a project I was going to be doing in my backyard, and we'll talk a little bit about that and uh, what that's going to entail here in just a few minutes. Uh, but right now we're going to go to Dolores. Dolores, good morning. Welcome to the KTSA Home Improvement Show. Hi, I am looking for a person that can put asphalt down in my backyard. Okay. And I called two companies, and neither one returned my call. You want to put asphalt in your backyard? 
I already have it. Okay. So are you just and needing it sealed? Really, you're just needing it seal coated, or are you needing it to be retopped completely? I think retopped because a lot of it has shifted and with the rains and all. But I mean, I had it down. I had it put down like twenty years ago. Okay. Uh, you got a pencil? Yes. Texas parking lots. Okay. I'm not guaranteeing they can help you, but they, they they would sure be a place to start, and they can probably point you in the right direction. Um, okay. I know the I know the owners over there very well. They're great people, and they will, like I said, even if they can't help you, then they can at least point you in the right direction. And that phone number is 830. 830, okay. 816- uh-huh. Two, four, six, zero. Okay. Where are you located at? Uh, downtown San Antonio. Okay. Well, like yeah. I said, if they can, a, even if they can't help uh, you, they yes. can at least point you in the right direction. Okay. Okay, Dolores. Uh, Thank you. Okay, that's what I need. Now, let me ask you another question. Would it be better to put um, concrete or the asphalt do you drive on it yes the, the asphalt's going to be is going to be your best flexible it's not going to it's going to wear longer or wear better because it won't crack and uh you'd have to go with a very high psi concrete to keep you from having any issues yeah price wise it's certainly going to be uh, a less expensive route yeah the asphalt will oh okay that's what i wanted to know which one would be more less expensive to put down that's yeah. the, asphalt. the asphalt i saw a quote on the on the internet and it said Two fifty a square foot. Well, right? uh, well, it, that's you know where where did that quote come from? Was it California or was it uh, you know? No, it was here in San Antonio. Uh, I can't. Uh, I can't answer that. They, I ha- they don't have know. to look at what they're doing. I mean, if you've already got asphalt down, you may be able to get away cheaper than that because they don't have to completely redo the base under it. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I already have asphalt down. I just need like a patchwork or. You know, a little more added on to it, that kind of stuff. My guess is the estimate's going to be free. Have them come out, take a look at it, get you a quote, and then then you have peace of mind of knowing. Okay, thank you so much. Thanks, Dolores. We appreciate you. Uh, Let's get to one more before we go to break. Billy, good morning. Welcome to the KTSA Home Improvement Show. Morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Uh, Have y'all got the plantation shutters now? We do not install plantation shutters at Window World. Uh, I, I have a good recommendation for you when it comes to plantation shutters, but we don't personally install them. Okay. All right. Second question, doors. Fiberglass, wood, or we're looking at building a new house. And we, I've used fiberglass before, but they don't take a stain real good. Well, I highly recommend fiberglass, um, and, and, and the fiberglass doors that – you you have to know what you're doing when you stain a fiberglass door. Now, we have fiberglass okay. doors that look fantastic stained, and we, we order them from the manufacturer pre-stained in the factory. And uh, and there's, uh, okay. and there's a, a nice variety of beautiful stained colors to choose from. It looks fantastic. We've got samples. Uh, we've got the doors in our uh, showroom, so you can kind of see what the stain looks like on those doors. So there, there, there are a lot of good options. I, I've got some, you know, uh, of these doors that look – you would not know that they were not wooden doors. You would think that they were stained wooden doors. The only difference is they're not going to swell and deteriorate and and you know give you the problems that a wooden door can. 
Well, that sounds excellent. Do y'all have them in the New Braunfels showroom? We do. We have several doors in the New Braunfels okay. showroom. In fact, we, we just ordered some more um, doors for display in the, in the New Braunfels showroom uh, here this week. So we should have some more in there in the next week and a half or so, two weeks. Cool. Okay. And this is a question for Jim. How's that lawnmower holding up? Oh, I love it. Oh, my goodness. I, I simply love it. You know, and I've said before that my wife is a little bit hard on a lawnmower. And, uh, you know, buying this one, I'm thinking, okay, this is a great mower. This is going to be something that's going to hold up. She mowed grass with it her first time this last week. And when I got home from Corpus, as I'm walking up on the carport, it's got a flat. (laughs) (laughs) Baby, you know I'm playing with you. You know I'm teasing you, sweetheart. But I had to say that to my wife. Not you, not not you, uh, Billy. I'm not calling you sweetheart. I'm just saying I had to say that out loud for my wife. But... Yeah, no, it's. I couldn't say more about uh, that mower. I'll I'll tote that that bad boy all day long. Um, did you know that they've there got a go. they've got a plan, Billy? Where if there's any problems with that mower for four years, they're going to come to my house, pick it up, take it, fix it, and deliver it back to me. Wow. Yeah, I that love this good. mower. I love this company. <laughs> well, I'm just glad you bit the bullet and got one. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Finally. <laughs> well, gentlemen, we appreciate it. Y'all have a good weekend. Billy, thank you so much for calling. Thanks for being a part of the show this morning. Welcome back, everybody. It is the KTSA Home Improvement Show. It's 1052 on AM 550 KTSA FM 1071. My favorite Doobie Brothers song, as I'm sure it is many people's favorite Doobie Brothers song. Just a couple of blocks from me. Yeah. I mean, it's it's got a local China flavor Grove. to it. China Grove. The first time I heard that, first time I heard this song, 35 years ago, 40 years ago, whatever it was, I was a little uh, longer than that, but go ahead. I, I well, whenever it was, <laughs> I uh, let's just say it was thirty years ago. Uh, it was longer than that. Uh, I, I heard you know China Grove, and I, I'm thinking it can't possibly be China Grove outside of San Antonio. And yeah, sure enough, it is. Sleepy yeah. little town down around San Antonio. Yeah. So uh, clearly, the guys from uh, the Doobies were in China Grove at one point or another, and were inspired. I read an article one time that said that the story was they got lost. And they wound up in this little town that they rolled the sidewalks up on at night. Yeah, that'd be that's China Grove. Grove. That'd be right. Yeah, that'd be about right. Uh, so yeah, yeah, it's uh, good stuff. And we, you know, thanks for all the great Doobie Brothers music this morning, uh, Don. Lots of fun. Enjoy it always. Always saw them a few years ago in Los Angeles. Uh, and by the way, they're rolling back through town, Don. You said in September. Are they coming in September? Yeah, is that right? September. Okay, yeah, uh, they'll be coming through. I think the Majestic Theater is where they'll be playing. And uh, if you get a chance, they sound every bit as good today as they did back then. Yeah, phenomenal. And there aren't many bands that can pull that off, really. No, there's there's bands that are from our era that don't sound the way that they did back then. The, the, a lot of truth to that. Yeah, that's very true. And, I mean, but uh, then you get guys like the Doobie Brothers. Oh my God! When I saw John Fogerty, it was like going back to Woodstock. This man still it, has it. Still has it. Yeah, Fogerty, uh, Sammy. Not that I was at Woodstock, just, but I'm no. just saying that's the the performance was still on point. But Sammy Hagar is one of those guys. Journey, of course, they've 
you know, went through a couple of n- new lead singers to give them life, and, and a lot of bands have. But Styx, another band that's been around mm-hmm. well over 40 years, still sounds fantastic. Yep. Tommy Shaw still has it. JY still has it. It's just a great band. So, uh, you know, some of them have been fortunate enough to to keep that uh, that sound and really sustain their careers for years and years and years. So, it's uh, if you get a chance to see these bands, they will not be around forever. Get get out to see them, support them. It's a lot of fun. Um, uh, they're showing photos of the soundstage. Yeah. Yeah, of course they are. Uh, hey, listen, last week we talked a little bit about uh, a project that I'm going to be doing in my backyard, and I'm looking really forward to. I've gotten really into horseshoe pitching. Um, I, I, you know, and I really have. It's a lot of fun. And uh, if if you if you if you don't know what that is, it's taking horseshoes and throwing them at a big spike in the ground. That's what it's, it is. I'm just glad that you changed it to horseshoes because you've always pitched horse something. <laughs> That's very funny. Uh, <laughs> you're a very funny man. Uh, anyway, I've, I've decided that I'm going to put a an official real deal horseshoe pit in my backyard and and there's a difference between a horseshoe uh, i should say a horseshoe court there's a difference between a horseshoe pit and a horseshoe court a horseshoe pit is what most people have if you go to a bar or something and they have horseshoes typically they have a horseshoe pit which means that they've got a spike in the ground with some sand around it spaced apart about 40 feet right an actual horseshoe court there is a, an actual official way to build a horseshoe court you you, you build it 40 feet apart you build pitching platforms you you uh, you have a foul line that's denote you know clearly marked. There, there's all kinds of cool stuff that goes into building an official horseshoe court, and that's what I'm going to build, and I want to build. It's going to have backstops on it, so if the you know if the shoe goes over, it, it doesn't keep rolling for miles or hurt somebody. Um, I'm going to have a bench where you you know spectators can watch. Eventually, I'd like to get some lights up on it so you can play at night if you want to. Anyway, I'm I'm going to do it upright. And uh, and and uh, I'm I'm looking really forward to that. And so I got how many stray cats do you have in the neighborhood? None. Okay. I hope. I was going to say because you're fixing to build a big litter box if you've got stray cats. No, no. There. As far as I know, we we don't have any okay. stray cats around. It's it. We're very lucky. I'm out in the Lotus, and 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 we're we're lucky in that respect. But um, I am looking really forward to building this thing. And and I've been looking online at all these different plans and such. So if you if you one a good weekend project, and I'm guessing this is going to take me a good long weekend to build this thing. Um, and and I'm I am really looking forward to it. It's been a long time since I've done a project that's just something brand new that I've never done before, and it's it's exciting. Right. It's going to be fun. And uh, I ordered my official horseshoe set. Got that in a couple of days ago. Wanted to have it ready to go. So when we do you know build it, I've got the spikes and everything that I need to you know to put it together. So yeah, I'm cool. looking forward to it. Cool. So if uh, you, you know, whenever I'm on vacation uh, in in one of our favorite places to vacation, I uh, they have a horseshoe culture down there. There's 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 guys that pitch horseshoes every day at four o'clock. It's horseshoe time. So as often as I can, when I'm down there, I I go and and play horseshoes with these guys, and they elevate me to a different level. I, I I'm not a good horseshoe pitcher. I'm really I'm not, but I'm getting better. And I play with these guys that you know a ringer every 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 time that they throw is not uncommon. So if you don't know what a ringer is, that's when you actually hit the pin and put the horseshoe around yeah. the pin. That's what that's the ob- objective. That's the goal. That's what you want to do. And these guys do it all the time. Well, I was down there last time, and uh, I, I don't know what happened, how, I, how, how this happened, and, I, and I, was, I, I just had an on day. And I'm playing against this one guy that whips me every time I play him. I mean, not just by a little bit. He usually, I mean, he skunks me sometimes. Sometimes he'll beat me by, you know, 15, 16 points. It's not uncommon. I had him up 
I was up 20 to 1. I hit five ringers in a row, which never has happened with me. I've never done that. And uh, ended up beating him 20, 21 to 6, I think, was the final. And 20, you played a 21. So I felt really accomplished. Now, two games later, I started playing like myself again, yeah. and, and, yeah. Uh, and, and it came back around. But I had a great time. Anyway, I had so much fun that I'm going to build one in my backyard. I'll tell you how it turns out when it's all said and done. Yep. Cool, hey, cool, cool. Jim Smith. At jsmith at windowworldtx.com. Me, M. Bomba, M. Bomba at windowworldtx.com. The KTSA Automotive Show with Louis Siriani is coming up next. Stick around. Lots of questions to be answered. And we'll see you next week right here on the KTSA Home Improvement Show.